It looks like Jeff Hathley is not going anywhere as he signs a big contract on Monday. All of this and more on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Happy Tuesday, everyone. We have big news. I had this whole episode recorded this afternoon, and then boom, at like 5 o'clock, it was like, whoa, big news coming out of Chestnut Hill as Jeff Halfley signs a five-year contract with Boston College that extends him to 2026. Because Boston College is a private school, we will never know the dollar amount because they will never reveal it unless it's in a tax form. Uh, but Halfley was making about $3 million a year, uh, um, which is the number that we've been hearing for the first one. Looks like he's going to be making a little bit more on this one. Now with me today, Mitch Wolf, he's feeling better. He's back. Mitch, how you doing? You know, I'm, <clears throat> I'm managing, uh, trying to get through it. As you can tell, my voice is not 100% yet, but, you know, with all the news that's happening, kind of as we were preparing this episode, figured I uh, had to tough it out and get on and give some takes. Yeah, so we need to talk about this this move. Now, just context. If you have not been listening to our podcast over the last week or so, Halfley's name was kind of floated in and out on some different jobs, specifically the Washington Huskies job, who and eventually gave the job to Kalen DeBoer, the head coach of uh, Fresno State. But his name had been popping up, and you saw Bruce Feldman floated at different points. You saw football scoop floated. Um, and, you know, we talked about it. We were like, oh, gosh, is it, gosh, is this, you know, Halfley going to actually leave after two seasons? You know, he was 12 and 11 for, so far. You know, you saw the excitement around the program. You saw the recruitment, go- recruiting going up. Mitch, what, what are your thoughts about this this uh, contract signing? So the thing that I want to kind of couch all of this in is that this is pretty par for the course in terms of college football and coaching extensions. You know, a lot of them are more symbolic than anything. And this is more of a signal to recruits that there's kind of a unified front in the program moving forward and you know halfley already has the 24th ranked class for this upcoming year so that's great um but you know this is good to show recruits like hey he is going to be here for a, a good while you know and like we said you know I, I didn't really buy into any of the smoke about him going somewhere else like washington or uva or sorry um virginia tech just because like in like you said this as well like it just doesn't seem like a fit for him given that he's still pretty new to coaching and you know, just by record, he hasn't had a ton of success. And then obviously there's different reasons for that. But, you know, I'm, I'm very happy that he's getting back. I'm glad that they showed a lot of faith in him in a regular, in a relatively tough season. So, yeah, I mean, I'm ecstatic. I mean, I do I think that he finishes out this contract extension? Probably not. But, you know, it's good to have at least on paper. So just for, for, the, for the casual fans at home, the, when, when they're doing these contract extensions, I know you're, I saw it. I looked at Facebook and I shouldn't have looked at it and clicked on comments when they put up the picture of him signing the contract or the, you know, extended or whatever it was. And the first thing is how do you extend someone who's 12 and 11, blah, 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 blah. They wouldn't do this in the real world. I'm telling you right now, the record has very little to do with the reason for this extension. Mm-hmm. It, it does not have it, it basically what happened. What the one thing about Jeff Halfley that we can all agree upon is that he's done a great job recruiting. 
you can't argue that because he's brought the recruiting rankings up from, you know, the fifties and sixties under Adazio to, as you just said, 24. So you do not want to take the legs out from under Jeff Halfley. He had two years left on that contract. Now behind closed doors, behind, behind, you know, in, in, in the recruits kitchens, you could get a guy like the new head coach of Virginia tech going and going, Hey, you know what? You, you got an offer from us. You get an offer from Jeff Halfley, but you know what I saw Jeff Halfley has two years left in his contract. And I know that, you know, you know, Ohio state, Ryan day may leave and he may take that job and then he's going to leave. And then that would, that'll scare away recruits. You do not want to cut his legs out under him. So this has nothing to do with records. I know for some fans, it's so hard to let that go, but you need to understand that it's to let Halfley do his job at the level he's doing it. It's to basically to, he may got a little raise here and you can argue whether he deserves it or not. I think he does, but that's beside the point. Uh, you could, it's not to give him the raise. It's to extend it so that when he goes in, he can say, I have a contract to this, to these kids that'll keep me here for four years while you're here. And that's what they did. They basically, he had a four year contract when he started at Boston college, they basically ripped up the last two years and, and, and rewrote it for five. So it was actually probably an extension of three years onto what he had, um, but probably with different numbers. And so that could be uh, compensation that has been changed. It could also be, and I saw someone bring it up to me on Twitter. It was a very good point. Um, the assets of when he leaves, like if he leaves in between then they could have jacked up his you know, buyout rate so that if another school tries to take him, they're going to owe Boston college a lot more money. So that could be in there. It could also, you know, it, there's a lots of different things that, um, are, are factors into the contract that they probably adjusted to make it work better for both parties. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think that's another good point is that a lot of this, I think, is just good work by Halfley's agent, you know, getting his name out there for some of these jobs. When in reality, he probably knew his client, Jeff Halfley, wasn't going to take those jobs. But, you know, at least getting his name out into this, to the, uh, the ether that is the college football coaching carousel. And then just being like, hey, like we want the better financial commitment from BC for the future. So, and, you know, this does work out for BC, you know, they get their guy for an extended amount of time and, you know, now Halfley can move. And, you know, there's been some reactions from some other ACC schools like Syracuse and Wake Forest. And they're like, oh, this is ridiculous. Like this guy's been average. And to Syracuse, I would say, you know, they're kind of going through the op- the inverse of what's going on with Halfley in that they're basically forcing you know, to fire some of his assistants for what will ostensibly most likely be his last year to see this upcoming season. This day of execution. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then with Wake Forest, you know, as you said, um, I think it was on yesterday's episode, you know, it took time for Dave Plus, you know, it took time for him to even get to a winning season. Whereas Jeff Halfley's had two non-losing seasons, you know, especially they win the bowl game, two winning seasons in his first two years. So, you know, and Halfley's talked about this, you know, he said, this is going to take time. You know, this is not a blue blood program where you are kind of just set up to succeed. Like you have to put in the work, you have to build the program the right way, which he's made a big deal about. He's talked about that with relation to Dabo Sweeney and Dave Clausen as two of his like kind of coaching inspirations. So, you know, I, 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 like I said, I think that eventually he will probably get courted and eventually leave for a blue blood program, you know, four or five years down the road. So I'm hoping that he stays for the majority of this contract, but you know, if a, a Michigan or, you know, like you said, Ohio State, I don't really think that one, but like a Michigan or some other, you know, one of the best programs in the country, you know, comes calling, I wouldn't be shocked if he leaves for that job. And like you said, you know, he doesn't plan to leave, but if, if a, you know, top tier program comes a call and, you know, he, he definitely should be picking up the phone. 
and for Boston College, you know, I, again, I saw I I was floored like with some of the reactions people had. Some people were rooting for him to get fired, and I was like, this is ridiculous. What you want with Boston College right now? And I've said this over and over again, they're a developmental program. They need a coach to stay and to develop players. And that's what Halfley is doing. And, you know, I'm going to add it now because we're not going to get into it later, but he's still working out guys that are Steve Adazio guys. And some of those guys are now leaving the program. We just saw on Monday that Joseph Sparacio and Hugh Davis, two linebackers who clearly were not fits in his system are, are leaving. And it's great for both parties. I'm not going to bash either of those kids. I just don't think they fit the system, uh, but it's good for them because now that they can go find a home where they could play because they weren't going to play at Boston College. And now Halfley has two more scholarships that he can go out into the grad transfer pro- pro- portal or transfer portal and get guys like Jaden Woodby, get guys like Isaiah Graham Mobley who can fit in while those recruits continue to pile up. So I think you're still seeing some of that Adazio uh, residuals. I mean, even look at the offensive line. The entire offensive line are Dazio guys. So you still haven't even seen what half these guys look like in many of these big positions. Yeah, I think I think moving forward, the offensive line is going to be extremely interesting to me because, you know, I think that we t- you just kind of just talked about getting kind of cycling the Dazio guys out. And I think that that might be part of the reason why the offensive line struggled is, you know, the guys that Daz had, you know, they were a bit able to succeed in his scheme, but they just weren't as great fits in Applebaum's scheme. And you know, they were able to succeed against lesser opponents, but when you get up against the best of the ACC, they had some issues. So I think that, you know, as they kind of cycle some of those guys out, mainly this year, and they move, they start bringing some of the younger guys like Nazi Trapilo, uh, Kevin Drew Klein. Uh, Drew, yeah, Drew Kendall, uh, Kevin Klein, Drew Pine, all the, or not Drew Pine. Um, Kevin Pine. Kevin Pine, thank you. Yep. Um, yeah, so I think once you get those guys in the lineup, you know, they might be a little more athletic and they can, have more success at executing uh, the blocking run scheme and just be better at pass protection. And so that kind of, and with our, to kind of wrap up this conversation, you know, the other thought is if Halfley's coming back, the, the fan reaction, again, I talked about this yesterday is they want blood. They want Signetti gone. They want Applebaum gone. And I, I, I am saying, and I'm not saying this as a guy who doesn't know anything, I'm saying this, this guy of a guy who's covered Jeff Halfley for two years now, who's covered this program I'm telling you right now that unless there's something that I'm not seeing, I don't see either of those guys going. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I don't know if you agree with me there or not. I'm just saying as someone who's, who's kind of watched, I know, I know Signetti has a ton. Halfley respects him a ton. And, you know, at the beginning of the season, unless Halfley got really upset behind the, the scenes about how the offensive line was going, he crowed about Matt Applebaum going into this year. So I, I just think, you know, maybe there's another year before they move on from either of them, but I, I still think that Signetti and Applebaum are going to be back, whether whether fans like it or not. Yeah, I think they need another year, um, just kind of working with these younger guys. And, you know, I like you said, I think that Halfley really values having a guy like Signetti who has that, you know, lots of experience calling plays, you know, at the highest level that he's like, all right, I'm, I'm comfortable with this guy running my offense. You know, maybe in, a, in two years down the road, if the offense is kind of stagnant in the post Jerkovic era, you know, he's like, all right, you know, I'm going to hire somebody else. That's a little more dynamic, a little more modern that I can, you know, now that I know a little more about the coaching aspect of, you know, college football, I can, you know, take a little bit more of a risk by bringing in somebody else, but that's a few years down the road. And right now I think we're at BC set up in a pretty good position on all fronts. All right. In a moment, 
uh, Mitch and I are going to talk about some of the games this past weekend. I'm going to actually ask Mitch some questions about the coaching carousel because as we're recording this, there's even more breaking news. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. And we'll talk about our friend Steve Adazio, who had quite a weekend. So we'll t- which could also lead into the coaching carousel talk. So this is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you run, like running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated software. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth with visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite, and right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash NCAA. Again, head to netsuite.com slash NCAA for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. That's netsuite.com slash NCAA. All right, college football fanatics, have you heard about Prize Picks? Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know you will too. Prize Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. Prize Picks offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star power players of the Power Five, as well as mid major players you might not even have heard of. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns and even interceptions thrown. All of, your, all of us can go to Prize Picks right now. And if you use promo code locked on, you're going to get a 100% instant bonus when you uh, match by prize pick when you deposit up to $100. You just pick two to five players. The over under on their projections, you can win up to 10 times on an entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. Like you can pick over the over on uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo and the under on Lamar Jackson touchdown passes. If you win, you win. It's really fun. It's really easy. I play it all the time, and I think you'll like it too. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's super simple. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. So if you win, get your money faster. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get that bonus. And go to the App Store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. All right, this is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black here. For all of you first listeners out there that have made this your morning routine, I want to thank you. We have been doing this over a year now, and I want to thank each and every one of you that enjoys listening to Locked On Boston College. If you like it, give us a five-star review on Apple. And if you really like us, head over to YouTube and hit that subscribe button. It helps us a ton. All right, we're with Mitch Wolf, and we just talked about Jeff Halfley's five-year extension on his contract with a big move there. Now, there's been tons. I mean, this... Coaching carousel. Last week, I, I kind of was like, eh, I didn't like the title of my episode, but I put the coaching carousel is going out of control. And that was before everything kind of spun out of control because right now it seems like every coach is moving. So let's kind of review some of the things that happened. So Dino Babers is not moving. We'll, 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 we'll stick with that one because that's a big one for Boston College. He is sticking with Syracuse. And they, as we just talked about in the first segment, he uh, basically axed half of his staff and uh, he's going to be getting a whole new offensive staff and defensive line coach. He's got a whole bunch of things. It seems like it's just delaying the inevitable. But looking around the country, you have um, Lincoln Riley going to USC. You have um, – who am I already missing? I'm already missing a whole bunch. Um, 
I mean, right now we're getting the details of Brian Kelly leaving Notre Dame to go to LSU, which is, you know, you sent me that thing earlier that said, you know, that was a possibility. And I was like, yeah, I just don't really see the fit. He's been a Midwest guy his entire career. And lo and behold, you know, he's heading down to LSU now, which the looking at Twitter right now, it is very fun because there's, it's just, it, it doesn't make sense just from a personality and style fit, but you know, he is a very successful coach and that's a great program, you know, in the, state that produces the most NFL players per capita. So, you know, you, you can win at that. You can do great stuff there. You, yep. And then you have Billy Napier going mm-hmm. to the, you have them going to Florida. Virginia tech still does not have a coach. You have Kalen uh, DeBoer going to university of Washington, Washington state hiring their in, in um, someone internally uh, for their head coach job. And then you got a whole bunch of extensions, as we said, with Halfley, Mel Tucker, James Franklin, it is so busy. And that's not even including some of the transfer portal news. Holy crap. Holy crap. Spencer Rattler is in the transfer portal. Jameer Gibbs, who was I doing a nice handshake with Jeff Halfley. I would love to see him at Boston College. I don't <laughs> think it'll happen, but you can always hope, right? Um, so what, what are some of your takeaways from this, uh, this co- coaching carousel um, tornado that's going on right now? Well, like I said, you know, I'm not sure how successful that Brian Kelly fit is really going to be because I just think him recruiting in the South is going to be very odd for him, especially at a school that, you know, doesn't have any kind of academic restrictions like Notre Dame had, you know, they'll basically take anybody. Um, So that'll be interesting for him. Um, I think Lincoln Riley going to USC is very interesting. I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that Oklahoma is going to the SEC and Riley didn't necessarily want to recruit against you know, the Alabamas, the LSUs, the Texas A&Ms, the Georgias. And he's just, well, I can go to USC, you know, a, a program that has a lot of money invested there. And I can basically dominate that conference and get the playoff, get to the playoff that way. Instead of having to, you know, go to LSU and, or like, you know, stay at Oklahoma and live in the SEC or go to LSU and kind of do the same thing. So I think so far, you know, I'd say Lincoln Riley has won the coaching carousel. You know, that's a, you also get to move from Norman, Oklahoma to LA. Like that's just awesome. You know, and I saw this tweet. I don't think it was real, but it was just saying all the things that USC was doing, like buying both of his houses in Norman, buying him a house in L.A. That was like six million dollars, giving him use of their private jet. And it's just nuts. Um, You know, I think I think the Napier uh, going to Florida is interesting. You know, Napier's put together a really great program at Louisiana. I thought it was surprising that he eventually decided to go to Florida because he's been notoriously picky in terms of where he's going. And that's why he didn't go to. South Carolina last year. And it's kind of surprising that Florida from an administrative standpoint is going through some rough times. Like their AD is currently kind of wrapped up in some issues they're having with a former uh, women's basketball coach who was allegedly abusive to the players and their president has received a vote of no confidence from the faculty due to some, I think the issue was that he prevented professors from testifying in congressional hearings against voter uh, voting rights law. So there's a lot going on there. And I'm surprised he is eventually decided to make the move, but he is a great coach. So that'll be interesting to track. And yeah, I mean, it's just, this is like the best college coaching carousel that really I can remember in some time, you know, and somebody's going to need to fill a Notre Dame job. You know, it seems like Marcus Freeman will probably be the interim. They could promote him to the full-time head coach. You know, I think there's a good chance that um, Erwin Meyer comes back to college. You know, it's his tenure with the Jaguars has not gone super well. So maybe he wants to go back to Notre Dame, which is somewhere he's always wanted to be the head coach. They could bring in Luke Fickle from Cincinnati and, you know, somebody's going to have to take over the Oklahoma job right now. Bob Stutes is the interim. I think that's a short-term fix. Um, but I, I think, I think if any job was to lure Brent Venables away from 
being Clemson's defensive coordinator, I think becoming the head coach at Oklahoma would be the one to get Venables out of Clemson. Wow. So it's, it's, it's a crazy thing. And, and, uh, and through all of, uh, throughout all of this, you have Lane Kiffin on Twitter trolling all of it, <laughs> which I don't know if you follow Lane Kiffin, but he has been, have you been seeing what he's I've been, been seeing? Yeah, I've been seeing his tweets, just posting license plates of different States. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's, he's just awesome. Cause he's just leaning into trolling people, which is great. You know, I think there's some people said he should take the Notre Dame job, which would be absolutely hysterical. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, I, I still think it's likely that he leaves Ole Miss. You know, there's some talk about him going to Miami. There was even some talk about him going to LSU. Obviously that's not going to happen now, but yeah, I mean, Lane Kiffin is definitely a variable in all this. We'll have to see if he ends up making a change in the weeks to come. He is a perfect fit for the U. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He would just be perfect there. Like the mm-hmm. ultimate heel, like wrestling heel uh, mm-hmm. for, for, for football. And then through all of this, we've had all these moves and there's one man who's still standing uh, though he could be out of a job in two days. And that is Steve Adazio, who we're not going to talk about every game that happened this weekend, but his game was particularly awesome because I believe he was down, what, 35 nothing at halftime? 30, 31 nothing when he was ejected. So I don't, I have to say, Mitch and I were talking before we got on the air. I had not, I've watched football for years and I have not seen, you know, maybe one or two football coaches get ejected from a game but two boston former boston college coaches head coach and offensive coordinator have been ejected in the last two weeks or three weeks and with scott leffler and steve adazio and steve adazio apparently was leaning into the refs quite a bit uh against nevada mitch what were your thoughts and what give us your reaction to what happened yeah i mean i think this is a relatively new rule actually which is why coaches didn't get ejected so often but they have added this you know rule where it's the two unsportsman likes gets you ejected like the players um but yeah i mean i think it was 31 nothing and they they had they, they tossed him and he kind of was just like okay and then just you know strolled out of the stadium and nobody really cared because there was nobody in the stadium because nobody was there to watch the game yeah there was and the, the, if you have not seen the pictures of the stadium I had said to Mitch when I was at the BC game on way against Wake Forest, I was watching from the press box and it was dead to start, but it was a, it was a late arriving crowd at BC because it got, it got good, but it looked like Colorado state had no one there at all. Um, except for that fan that was at the bar after the game had the, <laughs> the shirt that said I was, there. I was at Steve Adazio's last game on 11, <laughs> 27, 2021. Yeah. That guy was awesome. Um, but yeah, that's a nice looking stadium. So that's really a shame, but, yeah, and unlike Leffler, who, you know, after he got ejected, I think his team reeled off 49 unanswered. Um, Colorado State did not look any more inspired after Daz left. I think they eventually ended up losing, I want to say, 52 to 10 mm-hmm. to Nevada. So, you know, and the the important thing is that on Thursday, Steve Adazio's buyout decreases from $5 million to $3 million. So if I had to guess, I would think that come Thursday or Friday, he might be out of there. Yeah, he's doing nothing for that program. I mean, the 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 media to be to give a a, a golf clap to the Fort Collins media because they are brutal to him, which Boston media never was because our fans our media doesn't give a crap about this kind of stuff. Um, they rather just report what he says. But they, I mean, some of the opinion pieces coming out of those big papers out in Colorado, like the Denver Post, I thought I saw one that I I believe the title was Steve Adazio's is uh turning Colorado state backwards or something like that. And it was just ripping what he's done to that program. And, it, and it's totally true. So that's our thoughts. You know, there's probably going to be still more. I, I have Twitter open while we're watching this to see if any more coaches have changed while Mitch and I are talking. <laughs> um, Mitch, where can people find you on social media? 
you can find me at Mitchell T Wolf W O L F E on Twitter. Um, I've been, I guess, like AJ said, I've been a little under the weather these past few days. Um, but in the coming weeks, I'm hoping to, you know, be getting our bowl projections articles coming up and previewing whoever BC faces in their bowl game. I'm still praying that's not the Fenway Bowl. Um, but then I'll be uh, posting some of my other draft-related content. Um, getting as we started getting into the postseason, where we're you know scouting players and doing draft stuff. All right, Mitch, and we'll be back in just a moment to talk about Boston College's game against South Florida in men's basketball. You listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to all the latest episodes. The power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line so your family can harness all that brain power too. And the power of one of America's largest 5G networks so you can do it all at the speed of 5G. With all that money you're saving and all that knowledge you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile and find out. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save Boost Mobile. Disclaimer, free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers coverage not available everywhere for all phones or networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. BetOnline has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues their march to the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 21 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. This is Locked On Boston College. This is AJ Black. Thank you all for making us your first listen every morning. If you have not done so already, make sure to hit that subscribe button. If you're on Apple, if you're on iTunes, if you're on Google, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, whatever you're using to listen to this podcast, hit that subscribe button so you make sure you get all the newest episodes of Locked On Boston College. Now, we talked football the first two segments, and now it's time to switch over to basketball, which... Honestly, I know there's not like very high expectations, and BC just went through a rough stretch, but there's still something kind of exciting about this basketball program. And they just pulled off two wins in the last week. They beat Columbia on Friday, and tonight, on excuse me, on Monday night, they beat USF 64 to 49. Another good defensive effort. That's the lowest Boston uh, points that Boston College has allowed since High Point in 2019, when they allowed 33 points. A number I don't think they're going to beat anytime soon unless they play another team like High Point. But, you know, over the last two wins, Boston College has shown a few things. First of all, we're seeing some scoring from players that BC is starting to to rely more on. First, it was Jaden Zachary. You know, he was the he was the sunshine slam uh, player of the tournament. One of the players of the tournament was 17 points a game, really showing some excellent offensive and defensive skills. That's going to add something. Um, someone on Twitter the other day said to me, he reminds them a lot of Lewis Hinnant. Yeah, if you remember during the 2004-2005 BC team. A really good guard, you know, good defensive-minded. Not the, the top score, but will put in points when you need to. Uh, not the same size as Hinnant, but, you know, he's he's playing a similar role. So he had a big game. And credit to when credit's due, James Karnick had a nice game against... Um, 
Columbia as well, and he's been he's been coming along as well, and had a nice game also against South Florida, scoring 12 points with seven rebounds. Now, these are games; these are the ones you want to win, right? South Florida was good though because you beat Columbia. You didn't expect much of Columbia. They're another Ivy League team. Boston College smoked Dartmouth, who's kind of the similar kind of team earlier this year. Um, USF. A little better, right? If you look at the Ken Palm ratings, you know, Columbia was like 340. They're like near the bottom. USF was like 150, 160. So they're right around where BC is. And so it's a good win. It's a solid win. It's one that you can build off of, right? And they played well. They, you know, they obviously their defense was very good. They um, they scored much better in the second half. You know, they went in, it was like midway through the second half, they were scoring like 30, they were shooting like 36% from the field. They, they, you know, by the end, they were shooting 42, 43%. So they were doing much better shooting. Um, and defensively, man, the second half, they had an eight-minute stretch that they held USF scoreless. So solid win all around for Earl Grant and his team. Now for them, for BC, it gets a lot harder. You know, they got off on – this was supposed to be the Big Ten ACC Challenge time, but, you know, they were the worst team in the ACC last year, so they didn't get to play in it. On Friday, they open up ACC play against Notre Dame. Notre Dame is three and two on the season with um, wins against Cal State Northbridge and Chaminade, and there's High Point again. They beat High Point seventy sixty one with losses to St. Mary's and Texas A and M. And I apologize while I'm recording this, they're still currently playing Illinois again that they're winning fifty four forty three. That'd be a big win for them. So. You know, when you open up ACC play, this is always a tough time, uh, especially for a team that I think like Boston College that isn't expected to do all that much. But we'll have to see what they do. Notre Dame is a great way to open the ACC um, part of their schedule because they're they're not you know they're not Duke, <laughs> not UNC. They're a team that you know in the past BC has beaten. I remember they they played uh, Notre Dame I think two or three years ago in the first game of the season uh, in the ACC t- uh, schedule and beat them. So. Could be a winnable game for the Eagles. Now, on tomorrow's show, we'll continue talking more about football. There's breaking news all over the place, so make sure you check out Locked On Boston College on Wednesday. And if you have not checked out our Monday episode, check that out as well. Thank you all for listening. You can check us out on Twitter at Locked On BC. I'm AJ Black. I'm the editor and publisher of BCBulletin.com. Check out my work. There's a lot up there right now that hopefully you'll enjoy. And you can follow me on Twitter at AJ Black underscore BC. Thank you all again, and we'll see you again soon. Take care, everyone.